Hi, I'm Ira Joy, and welcome to Dear Future Boss, a podcast about the things I've learned being young, creative, and unemployed. Hello everyone, it's Ira here, and I'm excited about this episode because I get to share a secret with you. Well, not so much a secret, but a somewhat understated philosophy on how to approach a creative life and career. It's a new way of thinking about creativity that I've implemented in my life over the last few years that has really helped me understand who I am and how I can and want to contribute to the world using my creative passions and skills. Before we get into it, I just want to be sure that you've had a listen to our introductory episode. It's only a quick one, but helpful in setting the scene for Dear Future Boss, why I decided to start this podcast and the kind of topics we aim to cover. And if you're liking the content so far, be sure to subscribe and please share with other creative types in your circle who might benefit from listening. It's so good to have you on board. Let's get into the episode. Sometime in 2016, a friend recommended a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, the author who wrote the popular novel Eat, Pray, Love. Big Magic was Gilbert's follow-up work, this time a non-fiction book about navigating the creative life and learning to live beyond fear. I devoured the book in a matter of days and I fell in love with it because it struck a chord in so many ways. I seemed to relive my experiences through the author's own stories, some inducing laughter and inspiration and some bringing back memories of the self-doubt and fear I have felt and still often feel as a creative person. Reading Big Magic made me feel so understood and at the same time gave me courage to keep pursuing my creative dreams with Gilbert's practical and oftentimes humorous advice. At one stage she writes, To yell at your creativity, saying you must earn money from me, is sort of like yelling at a cat. It has no idea what you're talking about and all you're doing is scaring it away because you're making really loud noises and your face looks weird when you do that. This, along with many other funny and inspirational passages throughout the book, planted a seed in me. It challenged me to not only look at my creativity in different ways, but to apply different aspects of my creativity in ways that I hadn't thought of before. What soon became clear is that the common problem that creative people face is that we've been conditioned to believe that there are only two possible outcomes career-wise, to either go down the path of a starving artist or to become a slave of the nine-to-five office life. This notion is so steeped into culture It's the way society learns to stereotype us, whether we're deemed a struggling actor or someone who gave up on their dream for money. It's so easy to fall for this trap because unfortunately, our world doesn't value art in the way that it does other trades and industries. Because perhaps compared to a doctor or engineer, the work of an artist isn't regarded as essential or life-saving or economically viable. So for an aspiring writer, musician, filmmaker, dancer or comedian, as much as the passion burns within us, we are competing in a world that tells us up front we'll be hard-pressed to make a living, so to continue on such a pathway would not be sensible. But then, to actually look at the world beyond data and numbers, 
to actually reflect on what makes our lives mean something, that's when you realise the power of art. What would our lives be without music, film, literature, dance, fashion, design? What is it that actually unites us, showcases the best of our humanity and moves us from within? It is perhaps true that without art and creativity we could survive, but I doubt that we would truly live. Reading Big Magic prompted me to reflect on my own creativity and the struggles I've had trying to figure out my place in the world. The plight of the tortured artist is well known yet so complex at times because it's more than just the creative process. It's your identity, expression, thoughts, emotions, observations and meditations. Growing up with creative passions brings so much joy yet inner turmoil and fear at the same time. You can feel so powerful and alive in your art one minute and then doubt and insecurity can plague you the next. I have experienced this many times, and I continue to experience this as a writer, singer, and musician. But over these last few years, I've been able to better manage the roller coaster, all because of this little secret, I mean philosophy, that I'm about to share. I can honestly say, hand on heart, that once you truly get this, once you learn to adopt this mindset, it will open new doors for you in your career, your creative pursuits, and ultimately in your life. So here it is, the undervalued, perhaps even underrated wisdom to help you live your best creative life. The two ways of thinking about your creativity. The first is creativity of self, and the second, creativity of service, self and service. Both somewhat self-explanatory, but I'll expand anyway. Creativity of self, as I like to define it, is when you honour work that allows you as an individual to express your creative inclinations. It's all about doing work or engaging in an activity that makes you feel happy and empowered on a profound personal and even spiritual level and regardless of monetary gain or public acknowledgement. If you're wanting to know what creativity of self looks like for you, ask yourself the question, what energizes me and brings me joy whenever I do it? Try not to think of anyone else's opinion but yours. What is it that makes you feel alive? Maybe the answer isn't necessarily a creative action, but something that inspires you to be creative. Whatever that is for you, make sure it stays a part of your life. Creativity of self gives us meaning. It helps us to understand and express who we are, our values, our dreams, and our hopes for the future. Whatever the answer is for you, know that there is only one person in the world who is truly in need of it, and that person is you. Creativity of service, on the other hand, is when you learn to transfer and maximize your creative skill set for the benefit of others. Whether it's friends, family, peers, communities, companies and organisations. This is where your work makes a meaningful and practical contribution to society and the economy and therefore warrants you as an individual to be rewarded financially. Learning to lean into your creativity of service is vital to your livelihood and sustaining yourself as a creative person. Liz Gilbert is right in saying that to yell at your creativity, to demand it to make money for you, is just like yelling at a cat. 
it's useless and just scares it away. We shouldn't expect to make money simply because we're creative. We should learn to apply our creativity in ways that justify an income through meeting a need in the world. So instead of asking ourselves the question, how can I make money from my art? We should be asking ourselves, how can my art be of service to people? How can my creativity contribute to a solution to a problem in the world? Abiding by the mindset of self and service has significantly changed the way I approach my creative career and lifestyle for the better. I've been able to find greater clarity in my pathway, knowing that my love for writing and music is important and valid, whether or not it makes money. I've also learned to adapt and transfer my skills in ways that serve other people, helping them in their lives, businesses and social causes. The balance of using my creativity in a self and service capacity has taught me about responsibility, resilience, passion and determination. It has shown me how possible it is to be an independent creator who can sustain herself outside of the starving artist or slave of the nine to five mentality. The truth is there are many other creatives out there who found this balance. They've made it work for them and now have wonderful careers. They're not struggling to pay their bills in pursuit of their dreams, nor have they sacrificed their dreams for a six-figure income. They've just worked incredibly hard to tap into their creativity of self and service to now warrant a comfortable and fulfilled life. A friend of mine has found this sweet spot. By day, he works in retail sales at a specialist guitar store, and by night, he plays gigs all over town as a professional guitarist. He's able to bring his passion for music to both his day and night jobs, applying his knowledge and skills in different ways for different purposes. By understanding creativity of service, he's able to sustain his lifestyle despite the irregularity of night and weekend gigs, where his creativity of self can thrive. This is just one example of the many different avenues possible for creative people. And from my own experiences, I know it to be true that there is always another way to go about things, even when the world seems to present only two opposing options. Everyone says it's hard to pursue a creative career, but here's the thing. You can agree with this statement and still pursue it. If you're willing to work hard, learn to embrace rejection and accept that failure is a part of success, then every other criticism anybody can throw at you is simply a matter of opinion. Finally, understanding your own creativity through the two lenses, self and service, is the ultimate key that unlocks perspective and gives you power to build a career and life that both fulfills and sustains you. Being creative is a gift and a secret weapon. You'll never know its true potential without sharing it and learning to use it well. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some useful insights into building a creative life and career that brings you joy and hope for the future. We have some exciting content in the works and I can't wait to share more about the things I've learned being young, creative and unemployed. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, go out and make something great. 